bars are closed aren't any shows where can we go people at home gotta stay close there's no other answer apocalyptic painted butter can't afford nothing better but we're gonna weather the storm yeah we're gonna weather the storm Greeting, pandemic pals, and welcome to Apocalyptic Peanut Butter, the only doomsday podcast that sticks to the roof of your mouth. I am your proactive, radioactive, hyperactive host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Saurus, broadcasting to you as always from the land of meth and honey, Caraville, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce our producer pushing all the important sanitized buttons from her hermetically sealed bubble in the next room, singer, actor, and creator of magical resin jewelry, our marvelous producer, D. That's me. You're not still making resin jewelry. What happened? I, I, I made some, but so part of the problem is that the whole thing behind the jewelry that I want to make um, is I was inspired by Jennifer George, who, of course, is Rube Goldberg's granddaughter, and she's amazing and wonderful, and she makes all of this awesome jewelry. Well, what she does is finds, like, you know, the old yard sale He really left an impression on you, huh? She did. So she uses stuff that you'd find in your grandma's drawers, basically. And um, there really haven't been a lot of thrift shops and flea market type places open for the last couple of months. So I have ah. no materials to work with except for the brand new like resin pieces that I'm using. But that doesn't make like it's I want it to be a mix of found pieces and made pieces that work with them and you know all of that so well at least you don't have to go searching through your grandma's drawers no that's yeah that's that's a good thing she was a hoarder yeah oh god for sure (laughs) all right well andy is away this week uh we were actually not supposed to come back till next week but since we haven't been on air for this show for the last couple weeks i decided to grab a couple friends and just do an open panel show But before we do that, let's get to our We're Totally Fucked update. Oh, boy. So right now, total cases of coronavirus in the USA is it'll be at 2 million tomorrow. It's, you know, 40,000 shy of 2 million. We are at almost 112,000 deaths and total recovered is 718,000 and change. And let's see, there was something else on here. Um, there's a critical. Critical is um, 17,000. And now they have tests per 1,060,000 people are getting tested per 1 million of the population. So here's what I don't get. Here's what I don't understand. Everything's open, backed up. The kids here are having prom, I think, tonight, right? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. They're having graduation. Everything's yeah. dundy dunny. Everybody's walking around, like, and at least in this county, in this area, like nothing's going on. But these numbers that I'm looking at today, new deaths, 1,200. It's mm-hmm. been 1,000, 1,200, 1,500 every time I come on here. I come on here almost every day. The numbers just keep growing. Nothing has even – it flattened for a little bit. They were having like 800 deaths a day and then you know, maybe 10,000, 12,000 new cases. 
Now we're back up to 28,000 new cases today, 1,200 new deaths. The numbers aren't flattening, but why is everybody acting like, oh, coronavirus? That was so like 2019. Um, That was so January or February 2020. Like people are acting like this is done. Yeah, they really are. And to be fair, um, in this particular county, I can kind of understand it because it's we we are pretty spread out. We're in the mountains um, of Appalachia, so we're a little bit spread out. Um, and a lot of the families that are here have been here for generations. So it's I mean it's kind of one of those. Yeah, but my friend that lives in D.C. They just opened up. He just went back to work at the tattoo shop. Yeah, I mean everything I is pretty much open. I mean stuff, some stuff is opening up at not full capacity. Mm-hmm. But people aren't obeying social distancing. No, they're not. Yes. And they're definitely not. And I, I get that, at least in our county, part of that reason is because as far as we know, there's currently only one active case um, in our county. However, I fully expect to hear that that goes up in the next week or two because, you know, like we said, graduation is this week. Um, normally they have it over at Lincoln Memorial University because it's a very large and spacious place. Um, they have almost as many students graduating this year, which means all their families are coming, but they're having it at the school. Um, and they are having it outside and asking people to stay six feet away, but they're not going to do that here. Um, the prom, they're having it the same place they've always had it. They haven't asked anybody to keep masks on or anything like that. And today when I went to Walmart, because I couldn't get in anywhere else because everywhere else was packed, um, I was probably one of maybe 5% of people there that were wearing a mask, including the staff. And the staff is required to have masks on whenever they work. All all the people that are like, oh, everybody's out and about and nothing's happening. And then, of course, the people saying, look at all those protesters out there. Um, They're acting like it's over, so I guess it's over. And then when we have a second wave, they're going to be like, those protesters went out there to purposely spread it. It was a big deep state conspiracy. They were all hired to go spread it everywhere. But the thing they need to remember, though, is that we just had Memorial Day weekend not too long ago, and people were going to the beach. And we people had a were, spike, too. We're, yeah. The numbers are spiking. Oh, I, they absolutely will. So here in a few days when they're like, oh, it's because of the protesters. No, it's because of Memorial Day. And what's going to happen this fall when flu season hits and they're sending a bunch of kids back to school? And as far as I know, I don't know that they're taking any major precautions to keep these kids from being sick. And as a mother – I can tell you a child will touch everything, not wash their hands, and put their grimy fingers in their mouth. And their nose. Yes. You know that they are going to spread it. They spread the flu every year. Flu uh, cases and cold cases spike the two weeks after school goes back everywhere. That's just a thing. So fully expect this to happen as well. And that is why my little saucy ass is staying fucking put. I got no reason to go out in that madness. I can't. I can't do any creative projects this summer. I mean, it's just too many. Usually I travel around everywhere, but there's just too many different rules in different places and protests and craziness. Yeah. So well, I might as well. There's no reason to bum around, you know, Meth Mountain. And do maybe it. not. But with any luck, next year at this time, hopefully we'll be moving into an RV. Yes. Hitting the road. Yep, that's the end game. All right, so coming up on the show, 
on the music show. Check it out in a couple weeks on Musical Osmosis. We have Kelly Ogan from the Dolly Rots and Mean Mary, who is a mean-ass banjo player. Yes, she And is. then we will be back with our normal, regular format on this podcast with Mary Birdsong from Reno 911. And I don't know She's who the so music funny. guest is going to be. I guess I'm going to have to get somebody for our musical guest for that episode. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they just released new ones on Quibi, so everybody should check them out. They're and fucking they're hilarious. Amazing. Indeed. All they're right. Absolutely let's, brilliant. I love them. Let's get today's panel guests in here. So we're kind of doing just a loose format, loose panel today. Um, today's panel guest is a guy I met on the road. Kind of have a weird history with him. His name is Zach, and his friend Grandma is on the line. So let's see what they've been doing because they've kind of been on the front lines of the pro- protest out there in Minneapolis. Um, Zach and Grandma, not Zach's Grandma, but Zach and his friend Grandma. How's it going? Doing great. Great to have us on here. I'm uh, I'm really excited to be talk to you. Grandma, yeah. can you hear us? I I can. I'm I'm sitting with Zach right now. It, it's uh it seems like the dust is kind of settling, but uh this is a this is a marathon, not a sprint. So I know mm-hmm. that there's plenty of work more to be done, plenty of things to be still speaking out about, and um I'm hoping that we get some kind of positive change out of out of what happened and some of the ugliness that happened here in Minneapolis. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like forging it through the fires. Um, Before we dig into the protests, Zach, I met you traveling. I was kind of filming a documentary for our YouTube channel. I picked you and your friend Kobe up, and I'm sorry, I forget your dog's name. Yeah, Doc Holliday, and he's actually sitting here with us. Oh, I was going to say, you don't remember Doc? Oh, Oh, I remember him. I just didn't remember his name. Yeah, and I picked you guys up hitchhiking. People tend I, to remember the dog before me most times, to be completely honest. I mean, dude, when you pick up two people with a huge-ass dog, you tend to remember the dog. <laughs> Especially yeah, no since doubt. he was so well-behaved. It wasn't like he was growling at me or like licking my ear or anything when I was driving. But when I picked you guys up, you were just wayward souls rambling around. No job, no real destination, and now you're kind of settled. What happened? I realized that was two years ago. But kind of catch me up. How did um, Zach get in Minneapolis and kind of stationary? Um, well, after you had uh, dropped me off, I had eventually made my way to Colorado. I spent a little bit of time and eventually uh, eventually, actually got to meet my friend here, Grandma, in Texas, of all places. And we decided to travel around for quite a while and we ended up getting a van together and eventually owning a full-fledged school bus that we turned into a free food kitchen. And we just, it was already renovated when it was gifted to us by some friends um, in the Rainbow Family community. And it was already renovated for a kitchen. So we decided, uh, why not just uh, dumpster dive all the good food that we can, collect donations and feed people for free down um, as, as far as we could go with that 1990 school bus that had been sitting for four years once we got it up and running. But we uh, did that together. We even uh, managed to get stuck in a blizzard in Arizona, of all places, where it was five feet of snow in the middle of a canyon on a was basically 14% grade road that yeah. was way too skinny to have a bus on. Yep. So we were stuck out in the woods for almost a month. And it uh, it served its purpose. Uh, we were able to help like 13 other kids out, stay out of cold weather and not freeze to death. 
and it was pretty wild getting out of there. And uh, eventually the, the bus broke down in Texas. It was, uh, what was it? It was uh, Austin, Texas. It was some kind of fuel pump issue, and it was like a $5,000 mm-hmm. fix. So we just said, fuck it, Ouch. and ditched the bus. And uh, some other events unfolded and just kind of was, it kind of just, we were, I think we kind of just outgrew it, both of us did. And um, we both kind of went on our separate ways and both ended up in Minnesota coincidentally because I'm from Minnesota and his mom lives out here. So, um, good place to get a yeah. new, new start. On, yeah, um, it was fate. A... I love it. Yeah. So, <laughs> let me ask you guys this as you've been traveling around, and I talked to you a lot about what the vibe was out there in the real world as you're pounding the pavement and talking to different people all over the country from the time we last spoke, which was summer of 2018. Well, face to face from the time you were in my car until now Mm -hmm. has a vibe been getting darker. Have people been like, Oh, maybe this Trump dude isn't like the kind of wrecking ball that we wanted. I think there's, there's a narrative that's coming from the white house and it's, it's a dangerous kind of rhetoric, you know, Nick. And uh, I think certain people latch onto that ideology and they protect it with their own livelihood because to them it's patriotic. It's part of their it's it's a part of their identity to be yes. patriotic and to to love something wholeheartedly because you believe in what it should stand for. And really, but they believe in symbols and anthems. They don't believe in real. The people that I noticed on the, on the other side. They're real into symbols. They're not like into ideas. They're not into human oh, collateral. That's what it's come down to. And when somebody starts to play pretend and to represent these these icons, you know, like Donald Trump does, there's no there's no resistance from that side. And he doesn't. They don't understand that there's a con man in office and he's duping duping half the nation into tyranny, like. But has this moved the needle at all, do you feel like? Because I have seen a couple people that aren't on my friends list, but I see them on my other friends' Facebooks, and they're like, you know what, dude? This just isn't worth the economy. Fuck this guy. I am starting to see a few people who, you know, the people who aren't fully in the cult, the people who have some rationale left go, yeah, I can't defend this dude anymore. This is just beyond the pale. Yeah, I mean, uh, you look at it at a certain point, and it at some point you got to start to question your own morality if you're still supporting this man like that's uh, got to count for something you know yeah well watching a church for a photo op is uh but they have to believe it's real right and and it's just like um they're saying now that the george floyd george floyd's death was all staged to make trump look bad it's like everybody i was like yeah i was telling someone the other day i was like how many fucking people have to be on an in on the conspiracy to dethrone trump the fbi all of hollywood all the colleges every democrat 90 percent of republicans the pope the chamber of congress i mean all media even fox like how many fucking people basically it's like planet earth is in on a conspiracy to dethrone trump 95 percent of the planet we all got together on a fucking Zoom meeting and go, all right, here's what everybody's going to do to get this guy out of office. I, I Like, there's minds are fucking warped. 
it's one thing to go, you know, I think the Democrats are playing dirty games and doing this to get Trump out of office. But when you start going, oh, oh, General Mattis, I had someone today and I just blocked him. I don't even talk to these people anymore. Someone today go, yeah, you know, I like General Mattis until he said something about Trump. And now I know he's a deep state socialist liberal opposite block. As, and it's like as soon as somebody <laughs> says, oh, I don't like Trump's tie today. Oh, I didn't know you were a socialist and a liberal operative deep state globalist block. I don't know how, how the fuck we got there where people are so brainwashed. They they literally think – I mean they, they're to the point where they're just like paper straws are lived hard. Gillette razors are lived hard. Oh, jeez. Like it's mind-boggling, you know, dude. I don't even know how to process it. Like, I was – I was listening to a history podcast um, with a guy that I work with, and uh, it was it was the guy who wrote A Brave New World, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. Yeah. Anyways, he he mentioned the most powerful thing that leaders try and do is not to is not to like scare them, but to love their servitude, get them to appreciate all the things that you're that you're stealing out of the working man's pocket. Get mm-hmm. them to love their food and they'll never question another thing again in their life. Yeah. I mean, it's like I've been saying, these hardcore Trump dudes, it, it, they love, don't let them fool you. They're A-OK with fascism as long as they think it's the type of fascism that's going to benefit them. As long oh. as everybody has it a little bit worse than them, they're cool with fascism. Yeah, it's like that rhetoric that's going around right now that's like, we need to not be not racist, we need to be anti-racist. And it seems like that that's kind of where they're coming from. They're like, oh, well, I'm not racist, you know, but there's still that deeply ingrained subconscious racism that is coming out to light from all of these Trump supporters is kind of what I'm seeing personally. <laughs> Yeah, the same cats that are like, you can't tell us to stay in and not get a haircut. Now they're like, be in by nine or you deserve a rubber bullet to the face. Yeah, like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it, it could, and those rubber bullets, those are no joke. Like, they are like, if they like, they're supposed to be used a different way. And I saw the police personally using them in a way that could be lethal. Like they say it's a non-lethal force. But if someone is in that crowd that is peacefully protesting, gets tear gas, they could have an asthma attack, which could lead to some serious mm-hmm. like lethal consequences. And these police were not shooting at the looters. I was there during the first three days. They were not aiming at the looters. They were aiming at the peaceful protesters for some reason. Well, let me, just, let me stop you right there, and I'm going to get back to the protest. I want to hit this one bullet point I got real quick, and then the rest of the show we could talk about the protests and the work you were doing. Because there's plenty. <laughs> because this kind of goes to my point when it comes to this, like just brainwashing while they're screaming everybody else is sheep and snowflakes. So now the mere act of wearing a mask is seen as some kind of liberal statement. It's politically correct, as Trump said. And and you've seen people be shot for wearing masks. You've seen people have violence perpetrated on them for asking people to leave their store because it's store policy. They wear their mask. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. if you wear a mask, it's seen as some socialist liberal statement. So I have another account that I put up just for banned pictures. I don't do any politics on it. And it's people from back east where I'm from, but it's all their friends, too. There's like 5,000 people on it. So I have people across the spectrum. So I w- when I want to see what's going on in the Trump world and in the alt side down, as I call it, I hop over to that Rufus Waldorf page. And I go, oh, let's see what all the Trump people are saying about this. And this guy comes across my feed, mid-30s, redneck-looking guy. 
He's holding a gun. He's got a flag behind him. And he said, I shouldn't have to say this, but I want to just declare that I love God's guns and our president. And, you know, <laughs> I've been I've had for people I've known my whole life unfriend me because I wear a mask and I won't come out to the bar. And the reason I do this is because my 79 year old mama says that she's scared for me to go out and she doesn't want me to go out in this. And the Bible, he actually said this, he goes, the Bible says to respect our mama. So I'm not doing this to make a liberal statement. And it hurts mm-hmm. me that my friends are calling me a dirty liberal socialist just because I have to wear this mask because I, I live with somebody who's elderly and in poor health. And it was just a sad commentary. And then, you know, I spent a lot of time so angry at Trump supporters. But I'm like, God, it must be fucking hard to be a Trump supporter. Like if you just goose step out of line like one inch, everybody turns on you. The vultures like turn on you and pick your bones like you were wearing a mask. I didn't know you converted to the other side. And he has to get up here and like bare his soul and go, please, please. I'm not one of them. My mama made me do it. And it's just the fucking craziest. Like my, I don't know how people live eating up with hate, eating up with resentment. Everything is like just this resentment politics to the point where it's like, got to throw away my Nikes now or my friends down at the bar are going to call me a libtard. Like, I just don't know how fucking people live that like their lives must be miserable, man. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I I'm not really in the loop on the Trump world. Like I. Oh, I'm obsessed with it. I see what I see on Facebook, but. Is it really that bad among fucking Trump supporters? Like, dear I mean, God, as soon as you get out of line, they're eviscerating um, Mattis now, who was a very well-respected general. And it's funny because when Trump picked all these cabinet people, Mattis and Kelly and Flynn and all these people, um, they're like, ha, ha, libtards. He picks only the best people. And now they've 90 percent of his original staff are gone. And they're like, oh, they're all deep state operatives. They're all liberal social. It's like, but I thought he only picked the best people. Like, as soon as, like, Trump is done with them, they become the enemy. It's it's fucking crazy how indoctrinated they are. No, leave it, leave it. Sociopathic in some ways. And I'm just going to go on record saying I didn't know wearing a mask was, like, a political statement. I'm an essential worker at a grocery store. I thought it was just a, I thought it was just about health. Like, I, mm-hmm. I'm kind Well, of, it should be. And I'm, I'm hearing you talk about this. I'm starting to realize, like, wow, people actually see this as a political statement. This, uh, to me, leave it to Trump to make it something political. Yeah, mm-hmm. working in a grocery store and handling, I mean, hundreds of people's foods every day. Like I, because I work in Minneapolis, it's like, I, I just thought it was about health. Whether you were deciding to participate in caring and being conscious of your health and other people's as well. I didn't even, I had no idea this was a political statement. Well, I thought climate science was just about science. And I thought paper straws was just about, you know, taking care of the environment. And I thought you let razors commercial about like, you know, treat your boys to treat women with respect was just like a little Mm -hmm. moral growth story. I I didn't know all these things were political either, but Trump politicized the whole world. Like, I'll go crazy and people will be like, dude, you need to stop looking at politics. I go, cool, where is that? Because I'll go in my, like, strange movie and films group and someone will put put up a movie and they'll be like, that movie's lived hard. That movie's propaganda. I'll go into my <laughs> punk room and they'll be like, Donald Trump's the greatest punk rocker that ever lived. He's going to take care of you liberals. Like, I can't go anywhere on Facebook and not see. <laughs> we were out New Year's Eve with with new friends because we don't have a lot of friends around here and somebody had said something i was like yeah i'm an idiot i got all the streaming channels hulu and cbs plus and stuff 
And they're like, hey, you know, I'm a, I used to be a Star Trek fan. Have you seen the new Star Trek? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, man, Discovery, I dig it. And they're like, yeah, I heard it was liberal propaganda. And I, I, I honestly don't know what they're talking about, maybe because the main character is black. I have no idea what – I guess I guess Star Trek is kind of a socialist world where money doesn't exist and everybody just does their best to do their best. But that's always been Star I mean, Trek. Think about how well the Star Trek world works. I mean it seems pretty decent to me. Right, but they would rather live in the Walking Dead world where you solve problems with your gun and nobody could tell you what to do. Nobody's going to tell you, Ensign, you know, chart a course. Nobody's telling me to chart a motherfucking course on a starship. It's kind of funny that uh, Don't Tread on Me turned into You Can Tread on Me as long as it's a police officer. Yeah, mm-hmm. as long as you're part of the <laughs> Trump crew, but please. Choke on a boot a little deeper, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the hypocrisies, and I'll do one more. I had friends, literally. There was somebody I worked with that wasn't a friend. There was a lady I worked with when Ebola hit in like 2015, 2014. And she's like, yeah, I might not be here next week. Me and my husband packed up. We got a house in the mountains, you know, like a little getaway deer cabin in the mountains. And we're going there when the when the Ebola hits. Obama's sending the Ebola here to kill us. And I had all these right-wing friends that were terrified of Ebola. There was three cases in this country. And there was two deaths, but one was from someone who came in here and died. So there was one actual Ebola death in this country and three total cases all in the same hospital. The dude that died and the two nurses that misheld his fluids in um, Texas. And they were freaking out. They were buying survival buckets. They're like, oh, my God, lock everything down. That poor girl and um, from Doctors Without Borders got put under quarantine up in Connecticut or Boston or wherever it was against her will. Like, it was fucking crazy. They're like, lock her up. Make sure she doesn't affect us. You know, Obama's unleashing his secret army of the 12 Ebola monkeys. It's the end. And now it's like coronavirus. They're like, ah, coronavirus, Trump's got this. Who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an interesting um, comparison to see how the people are responding to this versus how they responded I, to that. Yeah, I honestly had no idea when the Ebola thing was a thing, or if you can even call it that, with three cases. Like, right. I had no idea. And people, yeah, like I said, I'm just not in on that side of. Dude, Janie Ernst, who is a congresswoman, was telling people the CDC was lying. It was an election year, so it must have been 2016. She said that the CDC was lying. There was actually thousands or if not tens of thousands of cases of Ebola, and it was being covered up. And I know she doesn't believe it. She was just trying to scare people to the polls. Like, we got to get the the anti-Ebola. Democrats are pro-Ebola. We got to get the anti-Ebola people in office. But it was just crazy Ebola hysteria. And then this is a real thing. And they're like, no, it's fake. No, the flu kills more people. More people get struck by lightning. Nope, nope, nope. It's fucking, nope, nope, nope. it's nuts. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> all right, let's 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 talk about something important because this is the end of the day. This is all fucking nonsense. Um, why don't you guys tell us about the good work you've been doing at the protests in Minneapolis? But more importantly, because you see so many, the Antifa thing, it's just insane. Like everybody's Antifa now. It, like oh, it. Like, everybody and everything now it's, is in Tifa. The biggest fucking thing you can wage war on is an idealism. Not a group of people, but an idealism. Dude, I had somebody this morning tell me that Antifa is an organized group. I said, awesome, dude. Who are some of their leaders? Um, How do I join? Where's the membership drive? Does a raven, does a fucking raven just bring you an envelope and invite you like you're in a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or some shit? Like, like, where's their website? Where's their headquarters? What's their platform? He's like, well, and he said, I can't answer any of that. I just hope they come to your house before mine. 
And I was like, why don't they come to my fucking house too? They seem pretty rad. Come on over. Secret it's Society of the Antifa. Yeah, I mean, the Antifa are going to be the ones that step up and actually fight the fucking military. God fucking rest their souls. But goddamn. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird to try and explain that to people who are so caught up in this fucking lie perpetuated by media, you know? Like, I've had three people today, like, oh, do you hear Antifa are the ones planting bricks? And it's like, no, no, they're not. Like, there is one specifically that I saw, I can't remember what fucking town it is, um, but there is rocks inside of these cages. And the media was like, Antifa has been dropping off rocks inside of cages. And the fucking owner of the storefront property said, no, those are just security fucking, like, security cases or security barricades, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And they took the rocks out to try and fucking stop all that. Like, they, you got to, like, yeah, it's it's interesting. That's Antifa mania. Kids are going to be like, instead of the dog ate my homework, Antifa stole my homework. Everybody's just going to blame everything on Antifa. It's the new yep. imaginary even menace. Videos of, even when you have empirical evidence of cops unloading bricks, multiple across the fucking country, and you can't stop it now. It's on Facebook. So many people have shared this. So many people have saved this onto their phones, onto their computers. There is no way that you are going to be able to get away with it. I mean, honestly, like, it's all there. The truth well, it's the easy when 95% of the planet is in on the conspiracy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, or what they used to call common knowledge. They used to be common knowledge. Did you know 90% of people are in a conspiracy? If you turn your faucet on, water comes out. That's a huge <laughs> conspiracy. That, you is, betcha. that is the deepest one of them all. That's what the uh, that's that's what the right wing doesn't want you to know, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> secrets unveiled here at Apocalyptic Peanut Butter. I'm sure you can like turn that into some nefarious anagram if you work with the words hard enough. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about the work you're doing and what is actually happening on the ground. Because when I read it, it's like white supremacist groups are infiltrating, the Boogaloo Boys are infiltrating, the fucking Juggalos are infiltrating, like, like leprechauns are falling from the sky and doing nefarious shit. What is what is the on the ground level of this movement look like compared to what we see from the media left and right um so i was there uh because i had to work the day of the 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 first protest it was right after the video had viraled um so i had to work during the day but i came around one o'clock in the morning on lake and uh, minnehaha at the third precinct and it was a small group of people it was about i don't know 75 people um some of them you know just wiling out you know bumping ftp doing shitties in front of the the third precinct just whipping their cars and then there was a large group of people um standing and protesting and uh the people who were out you know breaking the law essentially by by uh our standards of the law they were out doing things that they could have been arrested for um it seemed like the police had their attention on the protesters and agitating the protesters at that point um, the next night when I went, um, I saw lots of people doing volunteer medic work and I got inspired and I wanted to, you know, be a part of helping people because 
from the, the, the second day is when the big crowd came. I mean, the entire Target parking lot was full of cars. I mean, and it's a it's a super Target connected to a huge strip mall and connected oh, to an apartment boy. building. So this entire parking lot is full of cars. Um, Can I tell you so, a Target joke real quick? I put on my yeah, Facebook the day that picture came out of that guy stealing a TV from the Target. And I said, hey, if you if you don't make me don't try to make me feel bad for a billion dollar greedy corporation who gets like looted and invaded when the name of that store is fucking Target. You never see Ninja Hibachi getting looted. They're too standard exactly. names too sneaky. And my friend Chris was like, oh, yeah, people are pro rioting. I was like, yeah, there's the same people that want to take all your guns and kill newborn babies. He's like, this post is pro rioting. And I was like, this post is pro-riding and looting? I was like, dude, it's called a joke. I was, yeah. like, like, it's so insane the way we communicate on Facebook. I was like, did you really think that I thought if you was to name your store something more sneaky, like not a real store or something like that, you wouldn't get robbed? Like, <laughs> is that what you're really trying to say? What you really believed that I don't think a ninja hibachi can get looted because it has the word ninja in it? Yeah. Hey, anyway, I'll let you get that logic. You should just name your sword. Don't loot. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just a thorn in my paw right now. Um, just the <laughs> stupidity. Go back to your story. I'm sorry. Oh, so, so eventually, eventually, I ended up hooking up with some churches, and then I got Zach involved, and we kind of wanted to address ourselves uh, specifically as medics. So we put red cross tape um, on our shirt and on our shoulders. Um, how do you and qualify as that? Can anyone do that? Just look up the info um, so of how you can do it online? What it, comes, what it comes down to was it's kind of accumulation of knowledge. So obviously, you know, basic stuff that you can know how to react to in a situation like tear gas and stuff like that. You know, having mixtures of baking soda and water as well as milk of magnesia and other antacids. Um, but the thing that I was hoping to like really try and help with was the fact that I had first aid and CPR, just like I wanted to like put that to use, you know? And yeah, just like, I'm sorry, I'm kind of losing my train of thought. I'm... No, that's cool. I totally get, um, I, uh, I've had CPR and, you know, and first aid training. And I'm like, dude, when I had it, it was like, I learned stuff from it, even though I've been working, I worked in the medical field for years and now I'm working in social services, but I still learned something from it. There's just stuff in there that not everybody knows. So that's really right. good that you're able to take that information and, and hopefully have you guys like had anybody that hasn't really needed you yet or have you guys been um, lucky, I guess. <laughs> uh, we got kind of, we, we got kind of lucky not to have to deal with anything too serious. Um, I do have a lot of other friends. I have a friend who works in like uh, harm reduction and uh, he works in a wet house here in Minneapolis. Um, and he's connected to a few churches and they had uh, some people that were triaged to their church uh, to, to be taken to the hospital because of um, some wounds to the head Um the tear gas popping at people's feet ended up, you know, giving people, you know, big cuts on them. And um, so we were basically just helping people with uh, pointing them to the the triage centers and also, um, you know, just getting the tear gas out of people's eyes, making sure if somebody went to the ground that we were there to pick them up and take them away from the crowd. Um, just, just kind of being of support so people can continue to protest peacefully and kind of, yeah, just, just fighting the good fight. Yeah, I mean, we're young, able-bodied people, and I 
you know, I, I've been learning a lot about history, about our American history and realizing, you know, what I was taught in high school, that America was never the bad guy, isn't mm-hmm. necessarily true. And there's, you know, injustices and um, inequality that goes back hundreds of years. Like I said, to complex uh, media, the, this is 400 years in the making, what you're witnessing right now in Minneapolis. This has been a long, long time coming. Um So I I just knew everything that I know and also having people of color in my family, it it just felt like the right thing to do to be of support. I can't just sit at home and pretend that it's not happening, that there's not a war going on in my backyard that that needs my attention. I'm I'm not super book smart or anything, but I've got a lot of heart and love for my community. And uh, uh, I've seen the worst out of people in this situation. And I have seen the absolute best out of people um, in this situation. Wow. It's, it's, it's really hard. Yeah, you got to uh, check out some Howard Zinn, People's History of America, or some um, James Lowen, Every, Lies My Teacher Told Me. That's another really good book. Mm-hmm. And it Definitely. breaks down the true history. Definitely. Of what's going no. on. So let me ask you, um, let me ask you this, because I've seen stuff like Buffalo, where that elderly dude got kicked down he was bleeding out his ears and and one cop even tried to help him and the other cops were like nope and there was like 50 cops there and they just walked over him and i had commented on that picture and i was like hmm there were a lot of bad apples that looks like Mm -hmm. a whole fucking bushel to me but then you see other communities where the cops are kneeling with the people you know yeah the good cops don't get to do the right thing without the bad cops it's like a fucking fraternity yeah it's Mm -hmm. a fraternity it's a fraternity. I even, I even, when I was protesting, um, when I was not doing medic stuff, I had the chance. I mean, the police weren't saying anything because they can't show any human selves uh, to the public. They can't be human to the public. Um, they've got to put their dick on the table and make sure that it stays. They there. must maintain yeah. command presence at all times. Yeah. 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 At all times. I went up to a, co- a police officer and I said, you know, when a woman gets raped in a fraternity and uh, some of the boys didn't do it, but all those boys know that it happens. You are that boy that knows that it happens and are not doing anything about it. You know that this stuff is happening. You know that this is wrong and that it's even against the law for you to abuse your power this way. And you're not doing anything in fear of being you know, per, of being ostracized by your fraternity bros, it, and it's and it and Gross. we we saw prime examples of it. Um, it, I saw it on the first night when uh, a man in a wheelchair was tapping his flashlight on the fence, and the police told him to stop, but he was just tapping a flashlight on the fence in a wheelchair, mind you. This man had no use of his legs, and mm-hmm. a, a cop gave an order to another cop to pepper spray him and the cop said no and they pulled her off the line immediately and then they went up and pepper sprayed him in the face but 10 people kind of dove over him to protect that pepper spray i mean it was just like there was no there was no need for that uh, kind of force. yeah i love the whole fear for my life i saw a video once where they shot a dude dead and he was dead he was obviously like i'm talking like he looked like a cartoon with the x's over the eyes like he was dead yeah and they put handcuffs on him and put him in a squat. I was like, did they think he's going to turn into a fucking zombie? Are yeah. you, like, are, like, is he still a danger? I mean, um, the George Floyd was dead a, almost three minutes. That dude's fucking knee was still on his neck for three more minutes. Yeah. It was eight minutes total. Three of those minutes, he was already dead. 
I well, mean, Chauvin's hands were in his fucking pocket like he's standing waiting in line for a goddamn, like, pack of cigarettes or something at the bodega. His hands were in his pockets. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and it, and, and it's really interesting that the, I forget the Asian officer's name, but that was standing in front of people telling people, oh, this is why you don't do drugs, kids. Like, uh, uh, Chauvin's <laughs> wife is his sister. So there oh is God. more, like, to this than than we're all really seeing there's a lot of they're like a fraternity they're all connected they're all protecting each other in this situation i, I have a That's real thin blue line man. Friend that used to used to work in the jail in colorado and yeah he was a, he was a correctional officer there and he said he had to fucking quit he spent i believe close to 10 years in there and uh that there's the line between being a criminal and being a cop is damn near non-existent. Well, that's and why they call some, it the thin blue line. Some, it's not, yeah, it's not there at all. And so it's just gnarly. Let me ask you this, because this is what I want to get to the real crux of here. What is the media getting wrong? What are we not seeing? What are you seeing on the front lines? Coming home and looking at your Facebook feed and going, "Yeah, that's not right at all." I mean, realistically, they're showing more of the riots than there really is. Like, it's really started to calm down. I mean, nobody's really wanting to press the National Guard. You know, we don't want to repeat a Kent State University. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, it's it's settling, but it doesn't mean we're slowing down. The peaceful protesters are all still out there. The community, I've literally, in my life, never seen a community so strong in my fucking life. Awesome. There's parks filled with groceries everywhere. And that scares the shit out of this administration. Burning down. It, it, it's one of the most beautiful things I've seen in light of all of this. Like, yeah, and well, it and shakes what? them to the core, man. It's why the White House now has like 20 feet of fencing around it and Trump's hiding yeah. out in a bunker because this that's kind of unity. That's why it, they're destroying medic provisions and supplies. Oh, I they saw that. They don't want the people uniting it. Oh, yeah, the military definitely, um, or police, I don't know. What I saw was they bottlenecked us out of the Kmart over at the 5th Precinct um, when I was trying to medic that night when they enforced the curfew. And a lot of the medics thought, hey, we're fine, we're medics, we're not going to be arrested because we're, you know, we're objective here. We're not protesters, we're not rioters, we're just medics. Um, I got the sense that that was not going to be the case. So I decided to run because yeah, I bet a lot of reporters thought thought the same thing too. Hey, we're neutral. We're just reporting this. And they they didn't abide by that at all. They were arresting everyone, and then they took. And then when I went back the next day to go look at our medical triage because we had to wait till six in the morning. Uh, this, this really nice couple held eight strangers in their backyard to protect us from getting arrested that night because we couldn't make it back to the church or my car. Um, the next morning when we walked back over to the Kmart parking lot, the entire medical, all the supplies were crushed. The water bottles were stabbed open with knives. I mean, it was completely and utterly trashed. It wasn't left. You know, there was pepper sprayed all over the medical supplies. You could just, it was just covered. See, they're violating the rules of engagement. Like when, back in the old days when there was a war, you weren't yeah. supposed to shoot the dude that came out with the fife and was playing like the little battle heme. That dude was supposed to be off limits. You weren't supposed to like turn your musket on him or the guy holding the flag. Those guys were just there in like that de- decoration. And same with right. the reporters and the medic crews. 
Like those people are supposed to be two. They're like mash units in a ward. Like you're not supposed to bomb place. Like you know, point your guns, heavy artillery towards mash units. There's supposed to be certain yeah. things that are off limits, and they they can't even like recognize or respect those basic rules of engagement. So where the fuck are we in this country now? Is this truly even a democracy anymore? It's no. not. It's not necessarily feeling like it. It hasn't mm-hmm. been for a long time. Yeah, but at least before it felt like they tried to hide it. Now they're just like, hey, welcome to fascism, the greatest game show Trump, on earth. Trump's tweeting and figureheadedness is enough of a bold statement that they really don't have to, to hide it anymore. They're they're doing what they're doing while Trump's being an idiot figurehead about the entire thing, throwing tantrums in the Oval Office. So has these protests, you think, had a net positive effect? Because these cats would have never gone to jail or been charged the way they were charged, at least. They haven't gone to jail yet. But they wouldn't have been charged, and they definitely wouldn't have been charged this quickly. Internal affairs investigations for cop shootings take six, eight months to unravel that ball of yarn before an arrest is made. And these cats were arrested within a week. But it's also made Trump go, hey, we're going to fucking reopen the Insurrection Act of, like, 1845 and do all this crazy shit. I saw... um video of military planes flying over protesters in dc and people running away and i was like dude this is the kind of footage i used to see from middle eastern third world countries when i was a kid and go i'm glad i don't live in that fucking fascist hell and now we're seeing it here the trump dudes are like yeah get them get like it, it it is the alt side down i don't understand what i'm seeing so i think that it there has been an absolutely positive thing that is starting to come out of this. And as long as there still is this push and this energy and this push for community, especially in the midst of Corona, people only want to be closer to each other right now. And that's what we're doing in spite of all of this. And I, I kind of had an interesting thought the other day, which was, you know, uh, a peaceful protest sends a message and, uh, and while I'm not necessarily for the burning of cities, a riot gets it fucking heard. Yeah, like I said, if, if it wasn't for all this, those dudes would never have been charged this quickly. And no. here's something else I was thinking about, too. Let me throw this to Grandma next so I could kind of keep this equal. Um, Eric Gardner died in almost the exact same circumstances. Petty mm-hmm. crime, selling Lucy cigarettes, said I couldn't breathe choked out until he died it was caught on film those cats didn't even go to jail i don't even think they got arrested i think it was investigated and the da threw it out tamir rice which was a even more not to try to compare but it seems like even more egregious these cops just jumped out of the car and blew away a 12 year old no de-escalation no trying to figure out what the fuck's going on this dude had been already transferred off two different forces for police brutality I mean, that car pulled up and it was like Duke's a hazard. A dude jumped out as yeah. the car was and blew. Why is George Floyd like we've been all locked in our houses and this was just a cauldron that was going to just explode? Is it just the last straw and it's Corona? Over for sure. I mean, the energy with COVID and the restlessness of people losing their jobs, like it's it was a tipping point. It's a catalyst. And. Something about it feels different this time. Like, plus it's it's it was in it was on 38th and Chicago, which is where Cup Food it Cup Foods is C U P, not Cub. Um, 
and that's a that's a local hot spot for the people who are from the south side like if I, I mean I used to I'm a fire performer here in Minneapolis and I do fire arts and I used to spin fire every Thursday or Wednesday a couple years ago at that same spot and a lot of us spend a lot of time in these areas so it, I, it's a definitely a culmination of that COVID and being stuck in the house and you know everyone's on their phones and everyone saw that video within a matter of hours and mm-hmm. then when it happens directly at a spot where you have emotional ties to and where you've been to multiple times and you've spent most of your time in the cities, you know, and you know, the people that own that place and you know, the neighbors around that community, it's in, it's, it's in your backyard. It, it, community to me means family in a lot of ways. Like, even if I don't know you, that's just something I personally believe. Like I, I strangers, a friend you just haven't met. Yet. Exactly. So it was, it was, it hit different, you know, it, and I feel like we've really been desensitized to these police videos of them killing young, you know, black and brown people and killing mm-hmm. people with mental illness or hurting them or using excessive force. We've been desensitized to it. But when it happens in your own backyard, it, it hits you in a different way. Not to say that these other murders weren't uh, atrocious and awful and unjust, but it, like, yeah, like I said, when it and happens right there, it's more personal. It gets, yeah, it gets very personal for you mm-hmm. because you know, you support those businesses, you know, the people we're all connected over here. And I spent a lot of time on the South side when I went to rehab here about like six years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I, yeah, it just, it, when I saw that video, I just, I, ah. well, it, this it, video it's seems torture. Mm-hmm. This video seems so much more potent than other videos, but I was like, if just as, if not more horrified by the Tamir Rice shooting. And I, I remember I had a friend, I said, what would you do if this happened to your kid? And she was like, well, I wouldn't blame the cop. And then she actually said, you know, why don't you think about the cop's feelings? He must feel pretty lousy. He shot and killed a kid. I was like, yeah, I'm sure if he killed your 12 year old son, you'd go out there and bring him cookies and go, come on, cheer up guy. It wasn't your fault. Oopsie Daisy. Like, I'm sure she'd be burning down uh, the the third precinct and half of the south side as well. I'm sure she'd want to go burn down some buildings as well. Not saying that I condone or justify that, but if you take a look at every everything that's happening and it keeps happening, I mean it's it's understandable in in some ways. It, but the I responses have always been so disgenuous, and I haven't seen a whole lot of disgenuous responses with um, George Floyd. And I remember the guy that planted. The gun got caught on camera planting the gun on the dude in Georgia for a traffic stop. Like, there's thousands of them. And I've been like, look at this. Well, you didn't see what happened in the video before. Well, you don't know if it was altered. But I didn't hear a lot of that with this one. And even though this one was no worse than a lot of the other ones I've seen, for some reason, this one didn't get the big national pushback, even from the Trump people. I didn't even see a lot of Trump people being like, yeah, this is doctored or whatever. I've seen a couple say it was whole, the whole thing was fake. But I haven't seen a lot of Trump people justified on another man's neck for for eight and a half minutes. You know that that's real. You have to watch how inhumane. Well, also, you just you don't hear grown adults calling out for their mother unless they're really in trouble. That's the part of the video where I I knew I I just I, I something deep, deep, deep inside of me was just like he knew something was wrong. And. I've said it multiple times. I mean, to, what it takes for a grown man to call out for his dead mother that's already been dead for a couple of years, that is some serious distress. And, yep. and uh, yeah, that part to me was what really, really has stuck with me. And I, I hear it. And I, yeah, that's, that's what, what is that's it what damaging? 
I mean, is what? it damaging? Do you think this is psychologically damaging? They're showing fucking snuff films on the evening news now. It's trauma porn. It? It's trauma porn. People yeah. are addicted to the trauma porn. My grandma was even complaining about, you know, the riots and everything. But then I told her I had some videos and she goes, oh, let me see. Send them to me. You know, everyone hates all of it, but everyone is addicted to watching all of this for some reason. Yeah, it's like the gladiator games, like feed those Christians mm-hmm. to the lions. Or the train wreck or the the accident yeah. wreck where you see everybody rubbernecking and you know you made a really good point with um with calling out for mom and i've seen a lot of posts that have reflected this and they're saying you know when he called out for his mom we all heard him every mm-hmm. single mother on the planet heard him and that's why we're so mad like yeah I, a, exactly. as a mom as a human i am seething yeah for but sure. as a mother I would rip someone's head off for my child. No, like oh, no hyperbole here. You know, I mean, the mama bear thing is a real thing. And so when he called out for his mama, I mean, and many other women have told me, I, I felt that. I felt that in my heart. And and yeah. we just can't. The, this kind of stuff just, I mean, it breaks my heart that it's been going on for so long. And it pisses me off that it's still not over. You know what Let I mean? Me- let me kind of start finishing this up. Let me finish up with this. Yeah, because you're going to fire me up right now. <laughs> do you think with so many caught on film murders of, of cops and the ones that haven't been caught on film, which God knows how many of those are, do you think this cop who just got second-degree murder is surprised? Is he like, wait a second, I'm supposed to be able to do this. Do you think he's just totally fucking shocked that this has turned into this? I think so, yes. So I'm going to go tinfoil hat on this one just for my opinion. I'm not saying this is true. Let her rip. I don't think that they got the right guy. I think that Derek Chauvin is somewhere else, and I think he's in hiding. I think the man. I think that they got the other three. I do know exact it is them, but I think Derek Chauvin is somewhere else. The one that they have, when you see pictures of direct comparison, the jawline, the hairline, the ears, the nose, the brow, everything about it is different. Mind you, similar. But it is mm-hmm. not Derek Chauvin. Well, but, regardless if they've caught a crisis actor or not, do you think this dude is like, hey, you guys broke the rules. I'm supposed to be able to, like, kill perps on camera. When has this ever been a problem? Oh, I definitely think that he, in that moment, he thought that, he, you know, it wouldn't matter. Because, I mean, like I said, we've all been desensitized to cops killing black and brown people because we see it on the Internet every month. We see another case of this happening, and it's a mistake or they had a gun or the cop was scared for their life like i i think this guy the the fact that he had his hands chauvin had his hands in his pocket lets me know that he was casual that he i think he He thought he was going to get away with it so blatant to do it out in the middle of day with a crowd around you and cameras on you just think the amount of power you must have to go yeah it'd probably be okay well i'm in the clear I just saw recent videos that showed uh, a different street angle. They had, he was, George Floyd was, from what I've seen this from a bodega across the street, he was already in the car and then they took him out of the car. So that's another, another thing that begs to ask more questions of like, why once he was already in handcuffs and in the police vehicle, was he taken out? What reason for why was he taken out of the car and put on the ground? If he was already subdued, and in, in in the vehicle, why did he come back out? 
And and, and there's and this is video footage from another bodega across get, getting another angle. And I don't know if you've seen that video yet, but it is. No, I haven't. It is. It's viraling around the internet right now. Um, that and I've seen I've seen a lot of different videos, but I don't know how altered that is or what or you know. But it it says the I think it was the Washington Post that got it from the bodega. Um, if we can find it, I'll have Zach send it to you. But yeah, that I, I saw that video and it just it it just it, the whole thing is I don't understand. I don't get it. All I understand is that it think something needs to change and black, brown, white, Asian, whatever. Will this all change us, things? All of us Will the next eat. cop go? I might not be able to get away with it in broad daylight, surrounded by a crowd on film. Maybe I need to go back to doing this shit in back alleys. Maybe some of them will be like that, but maybe some of them are scared that the that everyone has a camera in their pocket and hopefully will go to a direction that um, – They'll they'll be scared that this will happen again. I mean, the I was there when the police were watching their entire block burn down with hundreds of protesters. I even saw a cop's mouth drop and he he mouthed "Wow" because the power lines went up in flames. And Holy I think shit. some of them might be scared that if they they I think maybe some of them are check double checking themselves right now and trying might be trying to do better. That's my hopeful, optimistic mind though. Um, when will the racists learn? Every time I see what? somebody do some crazy racist shit on camera or post like the most horrible racist shit on their Facebook and they get fired and ostracized from the community, I go, you're like number 632. Why do you yeah, people keep doing this racist funny. shit? We're not, just, we're not just calling out racists. We're fucking making sure they stop being racist. Accountability. Mm-hmm. Yes. Accountability. No more, no more one chance to get better. No. You say some racist shit, you're getting back. Like I've seen that a lot more online lately. Even in some of the groups that I'm in, people are like responding to everything that's going on in really hateful and gross ways. And that is being screenshotted along with their name and they're being mm-hmm. outed. And yep. I can't well, why say I'm upset. The, why isn't it curbing the behavior? Oh, it's. I think it's starting to for many people. Um, they're starting to notice that they're – when they're saying something and somebody sees it, they're getting harassed now. More and more people are getting basically doxxed online, like even on Facebook. Um, you know, people are taking screenshots of just things that they're saying in a group or on a page, like the white supremacy group that tried to make itself on Facebook. And within hours, nearly everyone who spoke up and was in that group had already been outed to friends and family and they're like look at how hateful this person is look at this this is not acceptable well when the government won't check anything we've got to step in and start holding these pricks accountable Mm -hmm. that's that's part of the problem too is during some of these protests there are agitators in the crowd ones who are specifically there to cause mayhem and take advantage of the situation there are there have been people that have been driving from out of state and who do you suspect they are? Are they white supremacists? Are they part of some kind of organization? Are they just random profiteers? Familiar with the Boogaloo Boys or the term Boogaloo Boys? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know who they are. So I have witnessed a couple of big trucks, jeeps that have the the igloo and the fucking floral stripe across stickers on the back of a couple of vehicles unmarked vehicles no license plates is usually the way to tell too because they are not trying to be traced mm-hmm. and 
there there was a few times where I had my picture taken by random white guys in a truck at the protest with my medical stuff on and um, just just some weird things going on. People videotaping us when we're walking down the street trying to trying to get somewhere. They're like, what are you guys doing? Hey, whoa, 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 like trying to like stop us and slow us down. Sally, so you think these are the Boogaloo boys? Because I actually talked to one of these dudes online, and he said, and I don't know how much of this to believe, but he said he's one of the organizers, and that people, he gets mad that people call them a right-wing group, but he said they're anti-government, like, across the board, and many of their members hate Trump and think he's a tyrant. So I don't know what the fuck well, to believe. In. Anti, that they're anti, like, authority. I get that. But the thing is, is they are part of the agitators like i'm I, like what do you think their angle is just to create mayhem they're, they're trying to start the civil war if you can incite more racial violence because or more chaos because a white man stood on top of a black man's neck and we all had to witness that then they're gonna try as hard as they can to try and cause chaos cause the cops to fire at more people but who do they, they want the civil war against? Like the Black Lives Matter movement going on right now, which is incredibly powerful. And they they see they try and undermine that with more chaos and then incites more racial tension. And that's what people take pay attention to. All righty. Well, let's kind of end there. I want to wrap this up uh, on your way out the door. Kind of like just surmise this. What do you want people to know? What do you think is the most important thing people know about these protests that the media is not telling them? That it's not peaceful protesters that are causing the violence. It is police officers shooting the first shot and targeting innocent people, targeting medics, targeting journalists. It's, it's real out here, and the major medias won't show you that. And Maybe Grandma, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I was personally shot at for trying to drag somebody away from the crowd. So, I, I mean, I I don't think that, that that tear gas was thrown at my feet by accident by from dragging somebody away. I think it was pretty intentional. Um, I think what people also aren't seeing is the amount of work that this community is doing to rebuild itself, to offer services, to the families around here that are suffering because they don't have cars and that was their main shopping central. They're not showing, I feel like a lot of the togetherness. They really, like I said, this trauma porn is something that we're, a lot of our society is addicted to. And we want to see the drama because nothing is interesting about watching a group of people sitting. Um, I mean, nothing is interesting to a lot of people or majority of people, but people sitting and peacefully protesting for hours. There's something you know, catching to the eye or to the mind about this drama, you know, but nobody wants to see the peaceful protesting and they don't want to see the police brutality that's happening. People will be peacefully protesting and the police will fire shots into the crowd. What do you think is going to happen? People are well, going to get angry and they're going to start yelling and they're going to get riled up. And then it incites, I mean, more and more agitation from the police in both sides. It just, I, I just hope. What's the end game here? Is it for the police to show everybody how big their balls are? No, like we're going to drive home, or do they want violence? Do they want the city to burn? In your opinion, I think, I think that the police, what they want right now is submission, and I think what the people deserve and what we all need is absolute and total police reform. Any 
and all of the Amen. police officers involved with what is going on in this period in time in history need to surrender their fucking badges and we need to fucking destroy the system and work it from the ground up. I mean, EMTs and firefighters are trained in, better trained in de-escalation tactics than the police are, and the police deal with the community on a regular basis. I mean, and that's got to show you something about their fucking priorities. That and the EMTs bad cops. Do you feel like the bad cops, if you just had a ballpark it, and I'm not talking about the people who are just staying silent. I'm talking about the ones who go out every day looking to instigate shit because they get off on it. Do you think that's 20%, 30%? Is it the majority? Ballpark is for me of what you think it is. I think it's the majority. Cause I think I, it's probably close to like 85%. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe even 90. So how do you reform that system when the whole fucking – how do you get out the bad apples when the whole fucking barrel's rotten? That's why you need a system reform from the ground up. You throw Burning out that down the barrel, barrel and you start a new one. You start a new barrel. You, mm-hmm. you throw out that bad barrel because the wood is broken and it's, it's rotting. You throw out that whole thing and you build a new one from the ground up. You fucking you defund all police stations across the United States. The military overpour into police departments, if you will, needs to come to an end. I think if the police have a right to have fully automatic weapons in the street as well, and this is the Second or Second Amendment, then the people should have absolute right to be able to walk in the street with fully automatic weapons. Yeah, but then you create an arms race, right? Then they say, I can't police this area if they had the same weaponry. Now I need a fucking flamethrower and some napalm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it all sucks. Oh, we right. just need to stop being assholes. Come together. We have seen communities come together and protect each other, and and make sure that you know that the people that are like the KKK and the white supremacy and people who want to cause harm. I have seen communities police themselves and and um, protect themselves. So uh, I'm not really sure what the outcome is supposed to be, but I have some seen some amazing things I did not know people were capable of. All right, well, I hope this brings out the best in all of us, and a year from now, we'll be looking at a different administration, not the Joe Biden stellar by any means, but we'll be looking <laughs> at a different administration, and, you know, people realize, dude, we're out of the woods, we're out of our houses, corona's under control, um, the unemployment is kind of flattened out, and let's kind of build from here, because now we know what we're capable of. This is pulled back the veil. We can work from home. We, you know, there, no longer can you get online and go... Oh, retail workers don't want to work Thanksgiving. Should have became an architect. Shut the fuck up. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that old bullshit's going to go out the fucking window. Like, maybe out of all of this, out of this fucking crucible, maybe something good will be molded and created out of this. Fingers crossed, right? I sure hope so. Same here. I second that. All right, man. Well, you guys stay safe. I have the world of respect and admiration for the work you are doing. I've been held up here on Meth Mountain, so I respect anybody that's out there on the front lines making a difference. Hey, thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having us on your show. Yeah, thank you so much. We're happy to be doing it. Absolutely. All right, you guys take care. Stay safe, y'all. All right, D, we went way over. So let's just wrap this up with a quick D tips for survival, because this is still, I have a feeling that this show is going to be morphing and it's not just going to be COVID. Cent- like centric anymore after because that's kind yes. of in our rearview mirror at this point it is um but i do want to as a really quick 
my little tip of the day. Um, talk to your kids about COVID. Talk to your kids about racism. Um, now, if you need help doing that, PBS has tons and tons of great resources. Um, they're actually doing a town hall tomorrow Woo. with Sesame Street to talk about racism. And I really got to give props to Sesame Street because they had um, – Today's episode has been brought to you by the letter R. Exactly. At a television workshop. And, uh, you know, they've, they've had kids with autism in the neighborhood now. There was um, a homeless Muppet, I believe, that moved into the neighborhood. You know, they're really trying they to tackle. they blame him for everything? No, they're really trying to tackle all the things that kids are going to end up growing up seeing and trying to teach them that there can be a better way. So I really, really appreciate what that. What a but, fucking sad world that at six years old, even the Muppets are talking about how dystopian and bleak everything you is. You know, Mr. Rogers did it and when we were kids, and he talked about grief. And, you know, he talked about when you, you feel bad and, you know, when you get angry with friends. And to me, it, this is just kind of taking over, I think. From, yeah, but this is Sesame yeah. Street. Like the hardest hitting topic they ever did was like, don't eat glue. <laughs> That's true. But our kids need different things now. They're growing up in a very different world than we had, unfortunately and fortunately, depending on which what you look at. Um, but just talk to your kids. They're a lot, lot smarter than you give them credit for, and they know what's going on. Even if you haven't said the word COVID around them, I'm sure they know that there's something going on. Well, I mean, they're out of school. They have exactly. So yeah. don't don't try to brush these things under the rug. I know they're really hard to talk about, um, but they're important for kids to try to understand as soon as they have to experience it because. Um, that helps them grow into responsible, loving members of society, and that's what we want for our kids. All right, fair enough. We'll be back here in a week with Mary Birdsong from Reno 911, and I'm sure I'll find an awesome musical guest. It's, I, you know, I really like doing these shows as opposed to a more structured show. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's really good to kind of just get on here. This is kind of like the freestyle as opposed as going into the lab and mixing the yeah. beat. Like this is just just talking and I dig it. All right, America. Well, everybody stay safe and more importantly, stay aware.